Hello and welcome to the Carnage Report, where we bring you the latest on all things horror-related, keeping you up to date with news you can use. I'm Nick Spasic. And I'm Julie Holland. This is our 50th episode. I just wanted to say that real quick. That's exciting. That's a milestone. It is. Uh, The Carnage Report is part of the Cinepunks podcast family. Go to cinepunks.com to find entertainment news, reviews, and other great podcasts like Horror Business, Twitch of the Death Nerve, and Tomb of Ideas. If you want to help support Cinepunks and ultimately this show, you can become a Cinepunks Patreon subscriber at patreon.com slash Cinepunks. That is C-I-N-E-P-U-N-X. Also, please go check out our great sponsors like Essex Coffee Roasters at EssexCoffeeRoasters.com. They offer specialty-grade coffee roasted to order for the most fresh and delicious home brewing experience. Essex is committed to accessible quality coffees, offering education on coffee and brewing to all of their customers. Right now, if you use Cinepunks as your promo code, that's C-I-N-E-P-U-N-X, you get 10% off. Also, Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations is the premier screen printer of the Lehigh Valley, but maybe also the world, personable and professional, the only place where you get punk rock attitude with professional service and printing. You can find them online at xlvacx.com. And also, they bought a building and they're moving. So, um, yeah, like that's very, very exciting. Um and they will be moving literally starting uh, tomorrow. So um, congrats to Chris Reject and all of those folks. Yay. Yay. All right. Now it's time for the setup. And our getting to know you question this week is, Nick, did you have a place as a teenager or a tween where you went to mope and brood and be dramatic? I was thinking about this and I was like, I wasn't really mopey or broody as a teenager. I was just, I mean, I was just weird. So, okay. well, then um, the place you went to be weird. We uh, had a creek that we spent a lot of time at. Uh, it, it, it was like tucked back. It, it nearish the neighborhood I lived in, you know, where it was, you know, you'd have to like to get there. Like it was a waterfall and everything. And you had to like walk through a cornfield behind a church and then like down like this path that had obviously been cleared to get there. And then you'd hang out and you would do things like do absolutely dumb stuff that you only do when you're like 11 or 12. Like maybe I can ride a bike off a waterfall into the creek. Yeah, you can. I don't recommend it. It's not safe at all. But um, did stuff like that, you know, hang out um just you know this sort of place where you could just like go and there were never any adults around and very rarely any other kids so it was just like a place to just like it was like a hideaway which is so strange because now there's like literally like a path that leads to it it's like concrete and paved and everything and it was like oh that sucks all the fun out of it like where are you supposed to go and like sneakily smoke cigarettes away from your parents these days yeah Although I found the angsty spot. I know. Like it's now it's for everybody. That's not fair. But yeah, I always did wish that there was something like like it would have been really cool to have gotten to hang out in the cemetery. And I'm always jealous of people who had that opportunity because like there weren't any like really nearby my house. So it was always just like, you know, like, you know, small town Midwest shit. So you just go hang out at the creek. Yeah. Yeah. About you. 
I did actually live across the street from a cemetery, but I never hung out there. It was a really boring cemetery because it had this rule that your headstone had to be those flush to the ground type oh. for mowing. So it was huge, but it was boring. And I was a skittish kid, so I wasn't going over there by myself. I wouldn't have done that. Um, but my stepdad's family did own a garden center and we lived on the property. So it was like in town, but this but there were like places tucked away within our kind of property where I could hide like amongst the trees waiting to be bought or what I did. And this was more middle school than high school, but we would get an annual gigantic truckload of mulch to sell and it would just be a mulch mountain. And so I would climb to the top and essentially dig out a nest like a human eagle or something and sit down in this nest that I had dug out of this mulch mountain where no one could find me and I could, but I could see what was going on in the neighborhood and I'd be alone with my angst, I guess. <laughs> that, is, that is not where I saw that story going. <laughs> I'm delighted that's where it ended up. <laughs> I bet it wasn't even that high of a mulch mountain, but it seemed it as a kid. Seemed like a giant thing that I had to scale and then dig out and then come home completely covered in mulch dust. I'm sure there was probably no question as to where I had been. It's like, where's Julie? She's in the mulch again. <laughs> She's sitting in the mulch mountain. Because <laughs> there's only like a couple of months you get to do it and then you start selling the mulch and it's gone. The mountain is gone. I want to know like what other people like have, like, like people who aren't like mid midwesterners who had to find like yeah where did city folks go to mope yeah i mean like my I... bonus question but i did I mean, this was the question i wanted to ask but i wasn't sure if it applied to boys was did you have a historical or fictional figure that you had a crush on as a kid that like you knew didn't exist or was dead but yet they were dreamy uh donna reed okay like, I mean, like, I, like, I've talked about, like, watching way too much Nick at Night for, like, a 10-year-old mm -hmm. or 11-year-old. And, yeah, no, there is, like, Donna Reed was just, like, I was, like, she's so pretty and so nice. um And I was, like, these shows are from, well, I guess at that time it wasn't that long ago. Like, now it's almost, it's over 50 years. But, like, at the time it was just, like, yeah that was forever ago. It was so long ago. It was in black and white. Like, yeah. What about you? Um, let's see. Mine were definitely TV based too. I I did go through a phase where I had my own personal Beatlemania. It was short lived, but my <laughs> own personal like crush on all the Beatles one at a time, probably. And then um also like really specific things like Andrew McCarthy in Pretty in Pink, but no place else, just that character. <laughs> <laughs> that sort of thing. No, like, you know, Victorian era corpses or anything like that unfortunately his name is Lane. that's not a name that's a major appliance i feel don't like get me started because the wrath of the world faces me when i tell them that i'm not team ducky i have never been team ducky and i will never be team ducky because apparently almost everyone else is i feel that as you get older and we get further into like the modern era people recognize that may like when you're when I was younger, I was very much team ducky. Now that I've gotten older, I'm just like, he's like one of those guys who's just like, I was that guy at one point where it's just like, well, like you want to date somebody 
nice like me. Why not date me? It's like you don't understand. Yeah, I I had a bit of a ducky, except instead of being like a cool, I don't know, weirdo like ducky, it was Emporia's only juggalo. <laughs> he was my friend, but I didn't get until much later that like he wasn't as pushy as Ducky, but he was like always around. And then later I was like, oh yeah, that guy had a crush on me. I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Just thought he was my annoying friend who came over a lot. Oh, yes. The ever popular years later, laying in bed, your eyes open, and it's just like, oh, wait, they were flirting with me. Shit. <laughs> no clue. Not at all. Oh, hopefully so... he doesn't listen to this for any reason. We're, we're still like Facebook friends, so I suppose it's possible. And if so, no offense. I was clueless. <laughs> oh, I want to know everybody's stories like this. Yes. Tell us. Share them. Please, please tell us your awkward teenage stuff live for that make us feel less weird yeah please <laughs> or more weird i don't know how yeah. we want to do this Now it's time for new nightmares, a uh, roundup of trailers, things that are new to streaming news, what's coming to theaters, so on and so forth. Uh, what's kicking us off here? This is a weird list. As we discussed a bit previously, most of the things on here are either not quite horror or not quite good. And we're <laughs> going to talk about them anyway. Uh, so first up, we've got not quite horror, which is Boy Kills World, which is horror adjacent it has bill skarsgård that's why it made the list it's also produced by sam raimi um it'll be in theaters on april 26th and okay so boy kills world follows boy who vows revenge after his family is murdered by hilda vanderjoy vanderkoy sorry the deranged matriarch of a corrupt post-apocalyptic dynasty that left the boy orphaned deaf and voiceless driven by his inner voice one which he co-opted from his favorite childhood video game, Boy trains with a mysterious shaman to become an instrument of death and is let loose on the eve of the annual culling of dissidents. Bedlam ensues as Boy commits bloody martial arts mayhem, inciting a wrath of carnage and bloodletting. As he tries to get his bearings in the delirious realm, Boy soon, soon falls in with a desperate resistance group, all the while bickering with the apparent ghost of his rebellious little sister. That's a lot. And I need to point out, Bill Skarsgård has no lines and his inner voice is voiced by H. John Benjamin. And that does not work for me in this trailer. So I'm very curious how it will work for me in the movie. I'm I'm always down for anything where H. John Benjamin does a weird thing. And yeah. also it's got Jessica Roth. Um, yeah. And Famica Jansen. Yeah. And yeah, Brett Gelman. Michelle Dockery. Yeah, no, it's just crazy thing. The yeah, the trailer looks. It looks like somebody was like, "Hey, you know Turbo Kid, right? Let's go a billion. Let's give that like all of the budget in the worst." Yeah, 
Yeah. I feel like I would be more okay with the H. John Benjamin if it weren't for Bob's Burgers. But if it if all he had was Coach McGurk and the can from Wet Hot American Summer. But now all I hear is Bob. I hear Archer. So, um, oh. <laughs> um, yeah, it is. It is. This is either like, I mean, I feel like I say this at least once an episode, but this is either going to be like so good or so disappointing. Yeah. No in between. But it is written by the guy, co-written by the guy who wrote Kung Fury. Okay. Uh, yeah. If you, if you remember uh, Kung Fury and Kung Fury 2. Um, so that gives me that gives me hope like that movie was yeah. bonkers yeah it'll be interesting can't wait to find out uh so coming to theaters uh from lionsgate and director rennie harlan rennie harlan um is the strangers chapter one on may 17th um it, the 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 chapter one is a another remake of the 2008 movie the original 2008 movie and then there's going to be a chapter two and chapter three it's going to be a trilogy uh starring the first one stars madeline pesh uh um cherry blossom herself um uh from riverdale but um mm-hmm. She plays a character who drives cross-country with her longtime boyfriend to begin a new life in the Pacific Northwest. When their car breaks down in Venus, Oregon, they're forced to spend a night, the night in a secluded Airbnb where they are terrorized from dusk till dawn by three masked strangers. Um, We get like a very weird teaser that dropped on Valentine's Day. I, yeah. I'm not a fan of these movies. So like this literally, I was just like, okay, like, yeah. Um, I saw the first one. I haven't seen the second one, even though I just noticed yesterday that I own it and was like, oh, I should watch this. <laughs> I think I think I might have like won it or something at some point. But I mean, I'll give this a try. Madeline Pish. Sure. Love yeah. her. All right. Next up under the category of we must be out of names for films is Prey. Not that one. A new one. <laughs> and it's got Ryan Phillippe and Emile Hirsch. There's a real... A real uh, stars doing things thread in this uh, news feed today. Mina Savari is in it as well. It is coming out March 15th. I think that is an in-theater situation, but I'm not 100% sure. All right, here's the synopsis. After their lives are threatened by an extremist militant group, a young couple must flee their missionary post in the Kalahari Desert, but when their aircraft crashes in an animal preserve, They must battle man and beast in a fight for their lives. It's going to be a lot of like lion punching. I mean, no one punches a lion in the trailer, but it's going to it's going to be a lot of come on, man, leave that lion alone. Like just like people versus lions, but also against like extremist militants, like just seems bonkers. Yeah. It's just like, hey, you know what? Like we, we could do either or, or hear me out. We could do both. Um, and also, we could have a plane crash. Kick it off. Yeah, and I mean it. It is kind of weird to how how can I say this? When I hear young couple, I do not think Ryan Felipe and Mina Sufari because they they are our age. Um, 
or even older, maybe they might be probably around the same, but yeah, I mean, they're in their forties for sure. Minimum. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm just like, I, I appreciate that. Oh, right. Ryan, uh, Philippe is almost 50. Um, oh. yeah. yeah, I mean, good on them. Um, uh, being able to play younger, but, um, yeah. it's just like, no, when you're in your mid forties, you're, you're not a young couple. You're just a married couple. You're just a couple. I don't want any, maybe a, a happy couple. I don't know. Some other descriptor. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I know it seems pedantic, but whatever. No, I didn't think about that, but that I agree. That is a strange <laughs> way to put it. So you get the kids in. You can't just say so. Ryan Philippi doesn't sell it on his own anymore because he's not young. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're just actors. Yeah. Um, Larry Fessenden uh has a new movie on the way out. It is uh coming to wide release on digital and vod on april 12th it is called blackout and it is about werewolves um yeah uh the film follows small town artist charlie a tortured man whose drinking binges blur with his sneaking suspicion that he might likely be a werewolf he distances himself for those he loves and thinks sinks deeper into solitude his flashes a memory of his nighttime grizzly acts manifested through his artwork uh i really did enjoy depraved i thought it was one of it's been it's one of my favorite like frankenstein myths adaptations um in recent years um so i'm very curious about this um but they they go real hard with the werewolf in this trailer yeah they're really showing you like hey we got a werewolf we did it (laughs) we made it we made one you guys (laughs) it looks it looks kind of fun it's got barbara crampton Yay! If that helps swing the needle for anyone, um, I like werewolves. We don't get enough werewolf movies, I think. Yeah, I mean, like I, I love Larry Fessenden and his work. Um, like he, he makes he makes movies that are always worth checking out. Yeah, for sure. Also, like he has produced like so many movies that are really good. Yeah, the list is incredible. All right. Next up, we love a holiday movie. We've said that. Uh, this looks terrible. I'm going to watch it if possible. It is called Easter Bloody Easter. Uh, it has a sadistic jackalope in it. Um, it'll be on VOD March 26th, which I imagine is in time for Easter. I actually don't know exactly when Easter is this year. Uh, the film follows Jeannie, who, after discovering her husband missing and his car wrecked with blood and fur, embarks on a journey with her friend Carol to uncover the truth behind the town's dark legend of the killer jackalope, a shape-shifting human-rabbit hybrid that terrorized the area a century and a half ago. Now Jeannie and Carol must team up with a professional bunny slayer, Megan, to save their small Texas Texan town. On the eve of celebrating, quote, Easter Palooza and stop the jackalope once and for all. There's so many fake rabbits in this trailer. It is the Monty Python scene with the killer rabbit. And I'm here for it. It looks so stupid. And I want to see it so bad. It's it's the fact that there's a full song that is about like Easter and how great it is. There are a bunch of fake rabbits. There is yeah. a massive what appears to be practical effects jackalope. Yeah. This the looks act- better than Lamageddon, and I watched that. So yeah, it is. It is a movie that looks 
it knows what it is. Like for this, sure, absolutely. And it is bloody. Yeah. <laughs> it um, lives up to the name. The director says that it's going to be a franchise. Oh, thank goodness. But the tagline on the folder is hoppy hunting. The quote from him though is this film is a quirker, quirky murder mystery that brings to Easter what it has been missing, an unforgettable movie monster and a chance to laugh, scream, and sing along, just like the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I hope that means this is a s- stealth musical, in which case yes. I I want to see it. If you've seen it, let us know and just, just say yes or no as to whether it's a musical, because if it is a musical, then um, we might have to cover it. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. I feel like musical <laughs> would push it into the realm of, yeah, we can't ignore this. But we have to watch this and talk about it. Oh, <laughs> uh, we have a new movie from Alice Myo McKay, um, the Australian uh, filmmaker uh, behind So Vam and Bad Girl Boogie. Um, and it's called T-Blockers, and it's out from Dark Star Pictures on March 5th. In small town, Australia, a nightmare is brewing. Sophie is a young filmmaker obsessed with finding a thought-to-be-long-lost film. Meanwhile, an earthquake unleashes ancient parasites in the area that thrive on hatred, causing outbursts of violence. Now Sophie and her friends, struggling with dating and their undesirable jobs, must also face off (laughs) against an ancient evil that spreads like wildfire. I didn't get ancient parasites at all from the trailer, honestly. No. I missed that, but... It's still a lot of goop. Yeah, a lot of goop. A lot of like, I don't know, the Australian equivalent of red rednecks, I guess bogans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I I they I've I have enjoyed watching um McKay's films. Um mm-hmm. I feel like each one gets I mean, like she, she's literally like a kid. Um Yeah. And she's got another one coming to Panic Fest, a different one. Yeah, like just I I love like I haven't seen somebody who like makes movies like this like frantically and just like I have I have these ideas and I have to make them in like a really long time and they're maybe not perfect but like each it's it's you get to watch somebody like finding their voice like in real time which is like you don't have to wait like years to see like what their next thing is it's like we're getting a new movie like about every 9 to 12 months I think it's amazing yeah, for sure. It's very exciting. Very exciting to watch something like that grow so quickly. Yes. All right. Next up is The Beast. This is a sci-fi drama opening in select cities on April 5th. I don't know what that means for the rest of us who aren't in select cities. <laughs> um, so it uh, the year is 2044. Artificial intelligence controls all facets of a stoic society as humans routinely erase their feelings, hoping hoping to eliminate pain caused by their past life romances, Gabrielle continually falls in love with and it falls in love with different incarnations of Louis. Set set first in the Belle Epoque era, Paris, Louis is a British man who woos her away from a cold husband. Then in early 21st century Los Angeles, he is a disturbed American bent on delivering violent retribution. Will the process allow Gabrielle to fully connect with Louis in the present, or are the two doomed to repeat their previous fates? What a strange concept. 
Sounds very French, though. Yeah, very French. And it says sci-fi, but it's like a sci-fi period piece two ways. Yeah. Which is an odd choice. I, I don't really know what the title is about. The Beast, I guess, maybe Louis, Louis. I say Louis because it's French, and I assume that's yeah. how they say it. Um, maybe he's the Beast. I'm not sure. Yeah, I have no sure. idea like what this movie is going to be like um it has like like i reading all of that and everything i'm just like well it also sounds like very much like a david cronenberg kind of movie yeah um, well the lead actress was in crimes of the future right but that connection yeah i'm I, I don't know yeah looks weird looks interesting very weird not sure how we'll be able to see it but i'm sure it'll eventually hit shutter or something for us to enjoy Something everyone should be able to watch because I feel like everyone has Netflix. Um, coming March 8th to Netflix is the Millie Bobby Brown starring Damsel. Um, directed by uh, Juan Carlos uh, Fresa, Fresna Dio, um, who directed 28 Weeks Later. Um, a dutiful damsel agrees to marry a handsome prince only to find the royal family has recruited her as a sacrifice to repay an ancient debt. Thrown into a cave with a fire-breathing dragon, she must rely on her wits and will to survive. Yeah, this is another one that I was like, ooh, maybe that's not horror. Maybe I should take that off the list. But it has a dragon, which is a creature, which makes it a creature feature. <laughs> so I left it. Um, I mean, it looks it looks like a very similar like streaming movie that came out a couple of years ago, the Joey King, um, The Princess. Um, oh, okay. uh, which is, which I don't think is actually on Hulu anymore. And a bunch of people are very upset about that, including me, because it's super fun. Uh, and I worry that people will forget about that with this it, ha, being on a bigger streamer with a bigger um name behind it. Yeah. Yeah. But it does look fun. Yeah. Related and much lower budget. Cinderella's Revenge. <laughs> This is a mass a Cinderella slasher that's coming to theaters, theaters on April 26th. I don't know what theaters. I'm guessing not a lot. It doesn't look big budget enough for theaters, but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, the film stars Lauren Sterick as the famed young lady who finds freedom from her wicked stepmother with the help of her fairy godmother. Only this time, instead of sending her to a ball to find her prince, the godmother helps Cinderella unleash a plan of bloody vengeance and the godmother is natasha henstridge so that's kind of exciting that is literally like the one part like she i was just like oh you're too good for this <laughs> yeah so i mean it definitely looks like it's gonna lean into the you know fairy tales were actually pretty terrifying like mm -hmm. the trailer actually shows one of the stepsisters about to cut a toe off to fit in the slipper so i was like all right could be interesting doesn't look great but maybe you never know it could be a, a surprise yeah the um it is from the same director uh andy edwards who did zombie spring breakers so um that's where we're at mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but um i mean think the, the the tagline is this ain't no fairy tale um and it looks like it was shot in a bunch of like mcmansions that are trying to be like yeah. um 
I think a lot of stuff that you might see like on Zillow Gone Wild or something like that, but without nearly as much uh, fun. But yeah, this feels like a USA up all night feature for a new age. Right. I mean, yeah. Will I see it if it like pops up on Tubi or Screenbox or something like that? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Not probably going to go out of my way. Definitely not going to go to the theater for this one, I don't think. Although I may actually have to go to a comic shop for the first time in years because Oni Press is bringing back EC Comics. Um, I, as some of you may know, have the EC Comics logo tattooed on the inside of my left wrist. Um, but yeah, um, in July, um, th these are the first new titles from EC Comics since 1956. Wow. Um, so we've got Epitaphs from the Abyss is the first title um, coming in July with Cruel Universe uh, following in August. Um, and yeah, it looks like with um, Epitaphs from the Abyss, we'll get horror and like Cruel Universe is going to be sci-fi um, a la, um, you know, like the and yeah, I mean, I am so excited about this. Um, like the the lineups got like Jason Aaron, um, Brian Azzarello. <laughs> um nice. yeah, like just crazy, crazy names. And I'm just beyond excited to um see new anthology like horror and weird sci-fi pop up back. Like this is this was news that just like, made me so happy. Yeah, that seems super exciting. And I'm not even a comic book person, but this seems like comic books I'd be into. Yeah. All right. And what I think will be our final discussion point, because our time is running out for this segment, and the last thing was a little bit longer, so we'll push that off, is Red Right Hand, an action thriller that is maybe not quite horror, but it's starring Orlando Bloom. So I thought, let's talk about it. It, it is already on VOD somehow. So I... I mean, how, how the mighty has fallen? I don't know. I would have thought I would have heard more about an Orlando Bloom movie, but I, I didn't until after it's already out. Andy McDowell is in it as well. It's wild. Uh, so here's the, here's the plot. Cash is trying to live an honest and quiet life, taking care of his recently orphaned niece, Savannah, in the Appalachian town of Odom County. That's a county, not a town. When the sadistic kingpin Big Cat, who runs the town forces the, runs the town, forces him back into her services, Cash learns he's capable of anything, even killing, to protect the town and the only family he has left. As the journey gets harder, Cash is drawn into a nightmare that blurs the lines between good and evil. I don't know. It, this it, clip it's action. Very uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. I don't I, to see it just to see Andy McDowell play somebody bad, like somebody who goes by the name Big Cat. I know, right? Like, it, no, I, like I'm a sucker for like anytime somebody who is known for playing like very like warm, mm -hmm. fuzzy kind of roles, like is just like, yeah, sure, like I'll, I'll be a sadistic woman who like cuts off a man's thumbs. Yeah, I mean, what made these two do this? It's so wild. Yeah. It seems like such a wild choice. I want to know I, everything. I know. It's just like, you know what? Maybe the maybe it was just like the script. Who knows? I yeah. Sometimes you 
or maybe they're just like, we will give you a, we will back up a literal truckload of money to your house. Does Magnolia Pictures have truckloads of money? I don't think so. Yeah. Must have been something else. Blackmail. <laughs> espionage. I don't know. <laughs> Ooh, espionage. I just wanted to say espionage. And that is all of our news. That's our news. Are you hot burning me? Lisa! Does he have more of a basketball bod or a football bod? He doesn't play sports. I tend to his grave. I talked to him. I wish I was with you. That's really weird, Lisa. You hear that? I'm sure it's the girl next door. She's very odd. Hmm. You're him? I can't believe you're here. Do you like music? I have the cure. Ooh. Oh, not that kind of cure. <laughs> they can't make you better. I mean, they can, but like emotionally. <laughs> no, don't cry. <gasps> Your tears smell so bad. <laughs> Send it back. No? I love it. It's not really my style. When you're in doubt, Lisa looks good. She could probably even do pageants if she had congeniality. Your daughter is a little psycho. I opened my glorious home to an ungrateful little. I want to help you, but Taffy says it's a waste of time to try and fix a boy. It's better just accept a guy's flaws. Oh, that's so cute. I have an idea. There are bad people out there. Come on, Lisa. It'll feel good. hand is gonna do terrible things you are being admitted inpatient lockdown i could get the clink for life or the electric chair but i don't want to die a virgin <clears throat> you know anything about the disappearance of a student I'm not making any more comments. You can talk to my lawyer. Really hope this goth phase ends soon. And now it's time for our feature presentation. This week, we are talking about Lisa Frankenstein, directed by Zelda Williams. Nick, remind us what it's about. A coming-of-rage love story about a teenager and her crush who happens to be a corpse. After a set of horrific circumstances bring him back to life, the two embark on a journey to find love, happiness, and a few missing body parts. I just had so much fun with this. I thought it was delightful. I love the fact that this is Zelda Williams' directorial debut. It's a mm -hmm. Diablo Cody script. Mm -hmm. It has Catherine Newton. It mm -hmm. has Paul Sprouse. It yes. has Carla Cugino. Yep. It has that guy whose name I didn't write down, but who plays the awkward dad in all cases where one needs an awkward throwback dad. <laughs> uh, yes, Joe Crest. There you go. Everyone's awkward 80s dad. I just feel like I've seen, maybe I haven't even, maybe he just lives in my mind somehow that way, but I feel like I've seen him in a similar role before. Also worth noting, um, uh, one of the mo minor characters is played 
by the one and only Jenna Davis, uh, who uh, was the voice of Megan. Oh, nice. I, um, Cole Sprouse in this took me back to like season one Riverdale and how much I loved him as Jughead in that, like just fell in love with that character and thus the show. Like I wouldn't have started watching that show if it hadn't been for how much I liked how he played Jughead. And I feel like I felt that here for this mostly non-speaking character. Does he speak at all? At the very, very end. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think I love the fact that you cast like someone who could still kind of qualify as like a a, a heartthrob. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You put him in monster makeup and you don't let him talk for like the vast majority of the you know 90 minutes that this movie runs. Yeah. You know what it kind of made me feel like too? Sorry to interrupt. Nope. It it made me feel like as a as a kid when I saw Casper. And it was like the whole movie you're in love with Casper and then he happens to be Devin Sawa and so adorable and you're just like, oh, so like you get Cole Sprouse, but he's not, he's a corpse. He's not cute. And then by the end, he has come back to life and you're like, look, there he is. He's so cute. This movie, I feel like, and I, I think I said this in my letterbox review and I definitely said it to Tanya when I was telling her about it. It is a movie that is set in the 80s, and it's one of a very rare number of movies that feels like an actual 80s movie and not like in mm-hmm. a like pastiche or homage way. It's just in that it is very weird. It has a distinct yeah. identity, and it couldn't like this feels like a movie that very easily could have been like a savage steve holland kind of joint like when i read that in your letterboxd review i was like yes and that's probably why i loved it so much because i love those savage steve holland 80s movies they're so good they're so weird it's so not for everyone and yet still widely appreciated i think yeah this is i mean (laughs) It's it's not like the horror equivalent of Better Off Dead or One Crazy Summer, but if Savage Steve Holland had done a horror movie, this is what it would have been like. Yeah, like there's, there's weird animation. Yeah. There's like just like note perfect musical performances. Yep. Um, and just everybody in it is like like a cartoon character. Yeah. And it's it's weird stuff happening and you never stop and go that's weird. Like you know it's weird in your heart but you're never like you're so in it that you're like yeah that's just what's happening, you know? Just like better off dead, he's being chased down a mountain by the paperboy and you're like that's hilarious. But it, it you never stop and get upset that it, it couldn't happen and that it's so weird. You know, like and I think this nails that vibe like None of this could happen, but I don't care. And much in the same way that like a lot of my favorite 80s movies like are just like a series of vignettes strung together by like a thin plot. Mm-hmm. Like like you could take like any scene out of this movie and just like do it as a short film. And I think it would still work. Like it would just be like yeah. a really weird short. Like you could do the animated bit. You could do like any of the scenes where you're just like, I don't know why 
like a sewn together Victorian corpse is playing an instrumental piano version of I like can't fight the feeling by Ario Speedwagon. <laughs> but sure, I let's like go. it. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, the one big error where I think it differs from a lot of those 80s movies is the relationship between Catherine Newton's character and her stepsister, where it should be like the popular girl is like, ugh, gross, you're such a weirdo. And instead it's really loving on the part of Taffy, her stepsister, is really trying really hard to embrace her and include her. And I think that is the best possible way to update the concept of this teen weirdo rom-com zom movie. (laughs) (laughs) Rom-zom-com. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, I stole that from Edgar Wright. Um, but yeah, no, it's yeah the the character of Taffy is just so sweet and kind and helpful. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, Carla Gugino as Janet, the 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 stepmother, that like is very much like she's not evil. No, she's just she's just in her own world as eighties parents kind of were. Yes. But man, like this is a movie that like every bit of it is just so weird. Mm -hmm. Like and just but I like because it's written by Diablo Cody, like the various like it hits like the various like problematic 80s like movie riffs like Doug, the lab partner. (laughs) Yeah. Just like, oh. Well, you need that, right? You can't have all the characters be good. You have no one to kill. Spoilers. So sorry. I hope you've all watched this. I know a lot of you haven't because it didn't do well in the theaters. And now it's gone from the theaters for the most part. And that just makes me so sad because I wanted this. I wanted this to bring everyone out for funsies. And it it clearly didn't. And I don't know how anything's going to pull this out of the top spot for me for the year i'm sure something will but i just i just loved it so much it was it was the the most fun i've had watching a movie in a good long while like i went to it like i had plans to go see it at a different time and just had something work out to where i was like you know what screw it i'm gonna go see this tonight like because i was legitimately Mm -hmm. afraid that it might be out of theaters before i watch it and I am like there were was a pretty good crowd even for it being like a random Wednesday. But I honestly I don't know why more people haven't got to see this. Like I I, 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 I think that's the thing that confuses me the most. It's like maybe I am just like I and you and they are just like the sort of people who just get it. It was just made for us. Like, we are fans of weird 80s stuff. We are Catherine Newton fans. We are Cole Sprouse fans. We are Diablo Cody fans. Like, yeah. And I'm not afraid to tell you, I got up in my emotions. By the end, when things were really coming together for them, I was just like, oh, my God. I really feel this in my heart. And then the very end scene, this is not a plot spoiler, but Cole Sprouse was wearing the Mork suspenders. (laughs) And I just could not. And the people I was with, Rob and my friend Meredith, didn't, I don't think they wouldn't have known who directed it. So it didn't mean anything to them. And I'm like, I really wanted to explain it to them, but I was trying not to cry about it. <laughs> and I was just like, you guys, he was wearing the Mark's business, but there's Mark's daughter, right? I'm sorry. 
it's just such it's I hope this is a movie that finds its fan base on streaming. Yes. Um, Like, I can't wait to buy a physical copy when it comes out. I'm already like, when is it going to drop? When can it hit streaming so I can watch it again? Because I, I want to watch it like over and over. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like that's that's the thing about it. Like, and for for me, you know, as a as a huge, you know, music soundtrack dork like mm-hmm. oh the needle drops in this are so good yes yeah really nailed it on those for sure it opens with the promise by win in rome like that yeah. is that is such an 80s soundtrack song mm-hmm. but then it's also got like galaxy 500 and oh oh when they play that jesus and mary chain song like i was just like i love this movie like i'm just like i was <laughs> who's putting this soundtrack out on vinyl and what color will it be yeah i was just like sitting i was all the way like at the very back of um the theater um for whatever reason i never sat that far back i was just like yeah screw it i'm just gonna sit back here and eat my popcorn for dinner and mm-hmm. i just kind of treated it like i had the movie theater to myself because i couldn't see nice. it not to being annoying or anything but it was yeah. just like it felt like i was getting to just like hang out like it it's this is i kept noticing things like you know like the morgue suspenders and stuff like that and i'm like oh this is a movie i'm gonna have to watch again because i know there's got to be like all kinds of weird little details that i didn't notice yeah for sure yeah it's so detailed like how much fun the costume and set designer must have had on this just i was like i want those jobs that sounds so fun the fact that the the catalyst for bringing bits and pieces back to life was a malfunctioning tanning bed that taffy won on the hawaiian tropics uh, beauty pageant like that's just adding in that it was the hawaiian tropic beauty pageant it's just such a perfect detail <laughs> yeah i mean the, there have been like some you know the like this is a movie that just feels like what it is and I, mm-hmm. I i think that's why i get like i like i'm not usually one to care like what a movie like but i feel like the complaints about some people's complaints about this movie are exactly why i like it yeah what what complaints have you heard i don't i don't feel like i've seen enough people having watched it to even see complaints. uh it's more like the the like it's just like oh it's underdeveloped or oh, yeah it's you know it it's like a tween sleepover movie um and uh what was the one that uh although there is a really good uh review uh from the New York Times Alyssa Wilkinson um said it's brief pleasant and fun to look at it is not interesting interested in anything more than love and being understood in that way it's a great callback to teen romances from an early era era and it's like yeah that's it like it is like it doesn't not every movie has to say something like yeah like this is a movie that is it is fun to look at like every scene is just like the plot is supposed to be loose and free like it's a comedy it's fun it's weird it's just like you just kind of drop in and like they don't i don't need to have everything explained to me like i'm no with just existing in this world for a while like uh i mean i loved the movie terror vision and like that movie doesn't make any goddamn sense (laughs) and i'll i would i would 
go watch that as soon as we get done recording. <laughs> like it's just like yeah. it's weird. There's there's weird monsters and why do they here? Why are they here? I don't care. It's just like it's yeah. a monster that came out of the TV. Yeah, like I never had a moment with this where I was like that didn't make sense. Like I I couldn't care less what made sense. Nothing bothered me. I don't know. That's why I like it. It's like it doesn't have to make sense. Like, why? Why did he come back to life? Like, was it her wish? Was it like lightning or whatever? Right? Like, it, I don't know. Yeah. Like, why? Why can you regenerate parts using a malfunctioning tanning bed? I don't. That's not how science works. So who cares? Yeah. There's no. There's no re, real. It's like time travel. It's not real. So we can say it's whatever we want. We don't have to explain it because trying to explain it is where you get down into the area where, like, the smart nerds get mad at you. Don't try to explain it. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like that thing in uh, like the 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 Bruce Willis like um uh Looper, uh-huh. like okay. where he he's explaining to his his younger self, like in the starts to ask all these questions about time travel. It's like, listen, you wouldn't understand it. Just know it works. Yeah. And I'm like, that's the best that that's the it's such a perfect like just like fuck you to like yeah. anybody who's like, well, they don't tell us how it works. It's like you wouldn't fucking understand it anyway. Just like know that it does. Well, and like these characters, they're teenagers. They don't care. It worked. They're not asking why. I didn't ask why my car worked when I learned to drive. It just works. I don't know. I'm not here to wonder. Like at its base, it's like, listen the Frankenstein myth doesn't work anyway. So no. like, you can't regenerate body parts by sewing together pieces from corpses and hitting it with the lightning strike. That doesn't work at all. So like, why does this matter at all? Yeah, at least, This makes just as much sense. At least in this movie, the parts that they were replacing were fresh, you yeah. know, they were harvesting them anew. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the various, like, like I, the sewing scenes are like some of the like most like like I mean, they're just like very touching. Yeah, yeah, I, it's I, very oddly intimate. Yes, thank you. That was the word I was looking for. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And as a person who sews, I always like to see some seamstressing, <laughs> and you know, not just that. She worked at the dry cleaner, making alterations and repairs. I was just like, oh, that's nice. It's always nice. It's like Molly Ringwald in Pretty in Pink. You know, she's making stuff. Oh. It's so much fun. Yeah. So many little details, so many great things, you know, like at one point, one of my favorite parts was when she gets into the car wearing an outfit that had been picked out for her by what is Cole Sprouse's character even named? Just zombie? What is it? I, I don't even refer to as the corpse. The corpse. Okay. Um, And Taffy goes, is that my Halloween costume from last year? And she's like, <laughs> yeah, can I wear it? Like, it's perfect. <laughs> Looks great. Doesn't look like a Halloween costume. But one one person's Halloween costume is another person's daily wear. That's the motto I live by. Um, my my wife's favorite sweater is actually a Freddy Krueger sweater that she bought at um, Spirit Halloween. Nice. And it's so much fun uh, because most people don't realize what it is. But like maybe one person in 50 is just like, hey, is that? And she's just like, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like, ah so cool um yeah yeah if you haven't watched it yet and you're still listening i hope we didn't spoil anything but i hope that you will try to watch it as soon as it comes out on streaming i'm sure 
as soon as it does, we'll be tweeting about it to let you know that it's available because I know that our one for sure listener, Greg, I'm pretty sure hasn't seen it because he did not put it on his letterbox. And I feel like he would have. There's definitely a moment where he could have broken out his gong. So I know I would have heard about it, but. Well, yeah. Yeah. When it, when it, if you missed it in the theaters, we're sorry. Um, but yeah, when it comes out on, when it hits streaming, we'll let you know and uh, get a big b- group of friends together yeah. and watch have this. Have a sleepover, pop some popcorn, get in your jammies and watch this fun 80s throwback movie. Exactly. Do we have Fall any... in love with weird love. Do we have any recommendations? For for folks, I feel like we've probably sung the praises of Savage Steve Holland's films enough that folks should. Yeah, you know, I also want to say Heather's. I think most people have seen yeah. it, but if you haven't, I feel like this would be a perfect double feature. This is everything that was like uh, wouldn't work if you tried to make Heather's now is gone, and this movie is sort of what would happen if you tried to make Heather's now <laughs> a uh, more PC. And uh, because it's having a bit of a moment because it just had its 25th anniversary, why not uh, Why not throw on Jawbreaker while you're at it? Oh, yeah, that'd be a good one. Yeah. Just just do all of the weird uh, my teen angst has a body count films. Yes, yes. And, you know, while you're at it, throw on Jennifer's body. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, and maybe Ginger Snaps. Yeah. I think that works, too, a little bit. Just, you know, for angsty girls going through angsty stuff. I did not uh, properly outline the rest of the episode, so we're just freewheeling back and forth. Um, so, Nick, what do you have coming up that is spooky? Um, I just spent like most of a week at a folk music conference, um, and so I am like I have not like watched any movies or anything. <laughs> like the most I've done is like watch Golden Girls Late Night on Hotel Cable. Um, nice. <laughs> kind of great. Um, but yeah, uh, my plan for this week is in addition to having to go back to work, um, I got screeners for, um, Spirit Riser, um, the new film from Dylan Mars Greenberg, um, which is a horror comedy, um, that involves, uh, comedy surrealism and things like that, uh, it involves a cosmic entity and also because, Dylan, she had worked on Kansas Bowling's Cuddly Toys, reached out to Kansas, and Kansas sent me a screener of Cuddly Toys, which I'm very excited to get to see because that movie's been in development for years. I don't know if technically either of them really count as like horror horror, but like they definitely count as like weird genre stuff. And that is what uh to which I am most looking forward this the next couple of weeks. Nice. What do you have coming up? Well, in a couple weeks, I will be at the movie portion of South by Southwest. So while nothing has come to me yet, I'm guessing screeners will be coming in and hoping I can catch more films there this year than I did last year. 
and specifically more scary films. Um, and then Panic Fest has started to announce their lineup. So I would imagine that eventually the press library will start to go up and I will have things about that, which is to say, if you want my thoughts on the things that I see at these festivals, downright creepy will be the place to find things. But my whole life is about to be spooky for about a month and a half. <laughs> Not like it isn't always, but more so, more saturated with blood. Yay. All right. Well, thanks for listening to the Carnage Report, especially those of you who have been here for all 50 episodes. Yay. Um, pew, 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 pew. I like, this is crazy. Like, I was like, 48 like meant that we had been doing this for uh, like a long time. And no, I'm just like, yeah. 50? Like, blows my mind. Yeah, that's wild uh but yeah you can find us on twitter and instagram at report carnage and we can be reached via email at carnage report pod at gmail.com if you'd like to make any suggestions for upcoming episodes or just share your thoughts and if you'd like some stickers reach out to us because we have them fun pretty stickers and buttons we have them on our person we have them that we can send to you i against my better judgment will be making more buttons for panic fest. So if you see me there, know that there will be more buttons um, just in case you didn't get one last year. We would love to get you covered in our merch, our limited merch. Uh, all music featured in this episode is by Steve's basic, my brother who watched my cats while I was gone. Um, thanks for that, buddy. Um, you can find him on Instagram at Starling woodworks and at notter.bandcamp.com. Julie, where can they find you on socials? I am Dark Humor Girl everywhere you're looking. Nick, what about you? Uh, I am Nuthouse Punks on X slash Twitter slash Blue Sky. I am Nicholas Mouse on the Insta. And you can find me on Letterboxd at From and Inspired. Yay. Yay. So because of the upcoming scheduling conflicts, we're going to be taking a little spring break, so to speak. Um, I think we'll just push back maybe one week but we're not sure at this point yet there's also not a whole lot coming out in the next couple of weeks for us to talk about so we're just kind of playing it by ear as i think as far as when we will come back and what we will be talking about when we get back yes we will be back um, we'll be back yeah this is this is not 50s <laughs> enough let's wrap it up this is just we don't know how to make this work as far as seeing something that's coming out and getting it all fit in with me being out of town and with Nick's schedule. And so we're just going to push yeah. a week. Yeah. We're going we're, to, we're, we're going to take a little spring break and yeah. enjoy the weather while that's a thing. But like question well, mark, it's up and down. <laughs> it is like literally two days from now, it's going to go in one day from a high of 80 to a low of 20. Um, and the Midwest just absolutely love it here. It's just great. <laughs> Kansas in February, baby. Uh, yeah. Uh, so there's all of that and more. Uh, but we'll be around. You can find us on yeah. socials and hit us yeah, up. Stay yeah. tuned to our, our socials and we will let you know when we decide what we're going to see so that you can see it before you listen. And we'll keep you appraised of all of our activities. Yeah. Give us some ideas. Like be yeah. like, you nothing's coming out. What about X, Y, and Z? And like, Yes. Tell us everything we didn't think of. Yeah. So uh, in, in, until then, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, thanks everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.